At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, that's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And that's all I've got for you today. I think that was a good one. Let's wrap it up, bring it home. And uh... so big thank you to our sponsors. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm the keeper of this week's cryptid. We're just kind of going right into it today. Like, yeah, just let's like, just dive straight we've in. We've really streamlined our process. We've really... Uh, it's just so freaking hot outside, and I think we just want to, like, get into and out of the zone as quickly as possible. Please tell me you brought me somebody, like, cool. Somebody cold. Somebody... I mean, it's not like... Somebody I'm, minty fresh. I don't really know if you could define <laughs> what I'm telling you is. If you brought me some sort of, like salamander or other similarly fire-flavored creature, no. I'm going to walk out this of is, this room. This is not a fire-flavored creature. Okay, good. Um, So, this is not going to come as a big surprise to you, probably, because I've been thinking about this particular uh, this particular creature for a couple weeks now, but today I have brought uh, something that I won't stereotype, but many children are obsessed with at one point in their lives, particularly if you are like me, like weird girls who aren't quite horse girls, but like are horse adjacent. So we're going to talk about unicorns. I can't believe that you wanted me specifically to not look at your notes when you literally spent the buildup coming into this room telling me about unicorns. (laughs) I couldn't resist. And by the time I had already told you about the unicorn chronicles, it was too late Mm -hmm. and I couldn't take it back. I couldn't roll it back. You can't go back on unicorns. I couldn't put the, uh, I couldn't put the unicorn back in the stable. Oh, that, well, no, you, actually, I like yours. <laughs> Let's go with that. Don't put him in there. It's too small. Well, <laughs> I don't know how small unicorns are, Addison. You care to inform me? Well, Alex, please tell me you know what unicorns are. I have never heard of a unicorn. Okay, so let me add... That's just... why I've turned to my favorite informational <laughs> podcast this week, The Cryptid Keeper. <laughs> so uh, let me tell you, all you lay people, what a, what a unicorn is. So, you know horses... You know a horse? Mm. Hmm. You know those, those like, they gallop, they like apples. Um, I'm sorry, apples? Like if trees gave you candy. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know trees? You know trees? Um, they're like a flower's got too big. Yeah, exactly. So horses are like, uh, they're like, uh, you know dogs? Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I do love, I do know dogs. I know dogs very well. Okay, so horses are like, dogs were like super big with super long legs and like super elegant and, um, Square teeth, love apples, love to jump. Okay. Beautiful long manes, long tails. Perfect. Love it. So unicorn is that, mm-hmm. but with a horn in the middle of the forehead, like a rhino, but not a rhino. Horn in the middle of the forehead, may or may not have magical powers, may or may not be a massive creep. Okay. I think we're. this is a good starting point. <laughs> Unicorns, of course, uh, if you're listening, you're probably familiar with the the kind of classic image of one. You s- imagine like it's like a beautiful white horse, flowing mane, and then a sparkly, silvery horn twirling out from the middle of its forehead. Rainbow eyelashes, usually hanging out with leopards. I'm thinking of Lisa Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. They're 
all over popular fiction, popular media. You, there was a book series I read uh, when I was younger that I just looked up and figured out the name of today uh, called The Unicorn Chronicles that I was really into as a, as a youth. Uh, they appear in Gravity Falls in mm-hmm. one of the best oh, episodes episode of so the much. series, possibly. Anyway, they're everywhere. Maybe you've heard of... Have you ever heard of a little television show called uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? I've... Uh, more than I'd like. <laughs> I understand. There is, I believe, a unicorn on My Little okay. Pony, French cool. Magic. I think it's... Don't at me about My Little Pony. I was about to ask a question of the audience, and then I decided I don't want people to at me. I, I do have a question about My Little Pony, and you might be able to answer Okay, it. so ask me your question. Okay, so it's my understanding that there are, like, ruling monarchs in the world of My Little Pony. Yes. Yes? Okay. And, There like, is a horse monarchy. <laughs> yeah, well, I... <laughs> This is gonna, okay. This is a really weird tangent. I did, the most I've ever talked about My Little Pony is one time I was having a conversation with James D'Amato about it at a cider bar in Chicago. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, there are monarchs in Equestria. Is that what it's called? Equestria. Yes. In Equestria. That is the horse nation. Are they adults? I think most of the ponies in the series are apply, are implied to not be like children. Then they're not ponies. Ponies are a type of horse, like. Like, ponies aren't youth horses. They're a type of horse. But, like, they're not all the same type of horse. No, that's true. No, um, Alex, I would imagine, like, you know how we're all humans? Yes. Their race is ponies. That is buck wild. <laughs> no, like, I've heard pony used as, like, usually when I hear pony used, I'm hearing it used as, like, a diminutive Cause form I'm pretty of sure, horse. I'm pretty sure that rarity... I'm pretty sure that Rarity is a unicorn, but she's also one of the little ponies, the eponymous little ponies. Eponymous? Oh, dear God. No, pony God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's the only... I want to just go ahead and put a cap on that, like a permanent cap. Like, just <laughs> seal that up in the walls of the wine cellar forever, because we are not talking about My Little Pony again on okay, this episode. Okay, sorry. It's done. If you came to this podcast hoping to hear some hot takes on My Little Pony or some, like, really interesting, engaging My Little Pony Friendship is Magic discourse, you came to the wrong podcast. We are not here to provide that for you. That is not what we're talking about. That is not my brand. Sorry. I got a little worked up. Anything else? No, I'm done. Um, that's the end. That's going to do it for us this week. A uh, huge thank you to... Okay, so... How many times must a man end his podcast episode before he truly... Ends his podcast. This is like Return of the King. We're getting a little mm-hmm. off the rails here. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, I want to hop over to our old friend, the Cryptids Wiki, Love because it. I'm going to get some people, unless I go ahead and address this at the top, being like, mm, unicorns aren't cryptids, they're mythical creatures. And that's where you're wrong. While there's a lot of debate about the magical properties, quote unquote, of unicorns, um, and that can sort of go more into a folklore world, though as we've talked about, a lot of that kind of bleeds together and becomes almost impossible to distinguish at a certain point. subjective. Exactly. That's a great song, and I love it. Um, But beyond the magical implications of unicorns, there have been animals that resemble the unicorn, uh, both currently in terms of, like, genetic mutations in deer and rhinoceroses and stuff like that, but also because of... um, Or not because of, also there was an ancient animal that resembles a unicorn heavily, and I'm going to talk about that. So at a certain point, the existence of an animal that would physically look like what we classically imagine as a unicorn is not really that far out there. It's not an unreasonable thing to assume it could exist, and and also has not been confirmed nor denied. So therefore, cryptid. It's also featured on several 
cryptozoology websites that I'll get into. So I just wanted to preempt that before some uh, some knights of Twitter <laughs> swooped into into my mentions to tell me that I'm uh, wrong. <laughs> so anyway, the cryptids wiki has this to say. In mythology, a unicorn is simply an animal, most commonly seen as the horse, with a single horn. So actually, technically, a unicorn can be any animal with a single horn from the middle of its forehead, which is hilarious. Love it. So a narwhal is, in fact, a unicorn, if you were wondering. Um, like, just straight up, if that's the definition you're using, narwhal is a unicorn. Mm-hmm. But this single horn is supposed to be on the midline of the body, such as the center of the forehead, and it needs to have grown there naturally. All right? Nearly everyone agrees that a two-horned animal with one horn that broke off or failed to grow <laughs> is not a unicorn. Just wanted to clear up that misconception. Well, if it failed to grow, it's never been a two-horned animal. Take it up with the writers of the cryptids. I'm, no, I'm going to. Okay, trust yeah. me. There will be a strongly worded post-it note. Now, uh, something that is interesting in that I will go into a little bit more as this goes on is that unicorns appear, obviously, a lot of uh, people in the States are familiar with them primarily in European mythology and, like, stories of, mm-hmm. like, knights and, like, medieval Europe kind of being the imagined backdrop to a unicorn. But unicorns or unicorn-adjacent creatures appear all over the world. They appear in stories in Africa. They appear in stories in Asia. They appear in, like, all over these different continents all across the world. So the original unicorn actually seems to be one from stories in India. Oh, dunk. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) It was thought to live in the mountainous terrain, in mountainous inaccessible terrain, and it was supposed to look like, sort of resembling something like an antelope with one horn. So I'll go more into that a little bit as well. But there's also um, the unicorn of China had a sort of a more chimerical appearance. It had body parts from different animals and it had a short, soft, harmless horn. It couldn't do any Sorry. <laughs> a short, soft and harmless horn. And yeah, no, I get that. But what? <laughs> kind of like a like a little like a little long nose. Like a nub. Like a little it's nub. Just, it's a nub. That's not a horn. Mm hmm. Because of its single nose horn, the rhinoceros has often been called a unicorn. Technically, it fits the requirement of having a single, natural-centered horn. But obviously, it doesn't look like the general type of unicorn our myths have focused on. All unicorns are beautiful. That's true. Look, I just want to make something very clear up front. All unicorns are beautiful. Except for the ones I'm going to talk about that are ugly because they're ugly on the inside. Ah. That's diff. They're different. So, there's also uh, a Persian... Uh, a legendary creature uh, from Persian stories um, called Akara, which was a giant donkey with a single horn from its forehead. It had three legs and six eyes. That's amazing. It's nice. It had protective powers, which is relevant to unicorns. Unicorns are often associated with, like, protection and, like, mm-hmm. healing. And it was uh, important in Zoroastrian um, stories. So the unicorn, obviously, the European one, we've talked about this. It's, like, slightly smaller than a horse, um, kind of more delicate, like a deer, kind of horse meets deer in sort of its grace and its, like, movement. And it sounds like I'm, like, in love with the unicorn. And here's the thing. I am seven years old again right now, a little bit. But the idea that a unicorn looks exactly like a horse... Part of me will always be in love with the unicorn. (laughs) That's it. We'll always have medieval Europe. (laughs) Unicorn sightings from many areas of the world have caught the attention of scientists for a very long time. Because rest assured, we will be covering sightings today. (laughs) There are unicorn sightings. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. I have a plenty of them. So I just loved this. I'm going to read verbatim this last line from the cryptids wiki, um, which is essentially like, eventually 
the expectation of seeing real unicorns faded and sightings have died down a little bit, though they're not gone. And then it says, yet there are still some cryptozoologists today who think that so much hoopla could not have been based on nothing. I'm just really excited about anyone who wants to use the word hoopla. Oh, yeah, especially in, like, that premise. Just be like, look, it's the official opinion of this group of scientists that the hoopla is not for nothing. Exactly. Now, while we're talking from a cryptozoological perspective still, I want to hop over to newanimal.org, which we have talked about before. And this has a little, I won't read the whole thing, but they have a little piece called The Cryptid Zoo, Unicorns in Cryptozoology. So they mentioned the mythological perspective and the fact that it's very difficult to define, but essentially that it's you can sort of explain this cryptozoological oddity with a presumed extinct animal. There is a prehistoric animal that has the characteristics of a unicorn, and I will go into this a little bit more with another article, but that a lot of cryptozoologists justify the study of unicorns as like a viable cryptozoological thing as being, we talk about this a lot, perhaps remaining a lot like living remainders of this prehistoric creature, right, right, whether right. they've evolved and are just as of yet unseen or unspotted or unacknowledged, or whether it's still, it didn't die out. Either one. Um, so there is a prehistoric unicorn, so to speak, which is Into very it. interesting. Yeah, right? And we talk a lot on the show about dinosaurs that survived. But Let's get one thing straight. I talk a lot everywhere about dinosaurs. That's true. But we haven't really talked a lot about prehistoric mammals making it to now or at the very least in some form still being mm-hmm. around. And so I do think that I I do have a lot of... I just think... I just think they're neat. I just think they're neat. Um, I have a piece from CNN.com from Ooh. 2016. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going it. We're going in. So this is Real Siberian Unicorn Remains Found. And I'll show you an artist's rendering of it. And it looks... <laughs> A little silly, but way more like a unicorn as we imagine it than, let's say, a rhinoceros does. I'm getting actually very strong, like, wildebeest vibes from this thing. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is like that. It's what it, it does look very much like a wildebeest. It's like a very, look, it's like a very, th- it's a thickly built horse. This horse is built like a brick house, <laughs> if this is a horse. Um, you can't knock this horse over. It's also much, like, furrier than a horse. Oh, it's like a really, it's a really fluffy, it's a really fluffy it's, fellow. It's also, like, tell me about this horn. If a wildebeest were a yak, it would be this boy. And also, I love his beautiful head sword. The horn looks like a dunce cap from a cartoon. But, like, longer and more tapered. Oh, yeah. Now, so CNN, this is, and the Siberian unicorn has been talked about before, but this is particularly new research revealing that the Siberian unicorn roamed the planet far more recently than we originally thought. Now, obviously, it doesn't really look like the unicorn from fairy tales and from, or at least I should specify, the European take mm-hmm. on the unicorn, because, of course, there are different versions of it all over the world. Obviously, we just said the re- the European one is, like, dainty and graceful and very horse-slash-deer-like, and this is very, uh, this is very strong. <laughs> this is a very, like, this is a pro-wrestler unicorn, and I love it. Um, the real unicorn, or the Elasmotherium sibiricu, was originally thought to have gone extinct 350,000 years ago, but a well-preserved fossilized skull found in Kazakhstan reveals that it was still alive and walking the Earth a mere 29,000 years ago. Mm. According to a study published this month, this was in 2016, in the American Journal of Applied Sciences. So, I'm just saying, we already know that it survived longer than we expected it to, or than we thought it did. So, 
most likely the south of western Siberia was a refuge where this rhino, it was a species of rhino, by the way, but it doesn't look like rhinos as we see them today. It looks a little more horsey. Had preserved the longest in comparison with the rest of the range, said Tomsk State University scientist Andrei Spansky, who published the findings. So... Then this goes a little bit more into sort of the climate and Mm -hmm. how they think it might have survived and where it migrated to. If you want to read the piece, it's Real Siberian Unicorn Remains Found by Juliet Perry. But I just, I love ancient animals. And I love the idea that ancient animals, at the very least, could be maybe some vestige of them might still be wandering around, or at the very least, that part of the original unicorn myth was, was started by some of these creatures that lived longer than we thought they did. And that people encountered and wrote about. And of course, like, we talk about how, like, human memory is very unreliable and, like, imagination is unreliable and just people make stuff up. That's kind of a thing people do. Oh, yeah. And Um, the idea of, like, the collective human consciousness, if you're into that, I think it's way neat. mm -hmm. And I think it's, like, always a fascinating thing to consider, whether Mm -hmm. you subscribe to it or not. The idea that, like, there are certain things that the human brain expects or has, like, an inherent genetic memory of. Oh, yeah. And so the idea that, like, you know, maybe you see something, and it isn't quite what you think you're seeing, but your brain, its only reference for it is this, like, ancestral memory of a one-horned Sibiriku, you know? And so, like, that's Mm -hmm. where you place it, or it's somewhere in between those, or, like, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and, like, also, consider if you're person, a person living in, for example, medieval Europe, and you have no frame of reference for a rhinoceros. Right. You have no frame of reference for an antelope or any of these things. The closest animal to those, as wild as it sounds, would be probably a cow or a horse. So you would see that and be like, oh, this is the weirdest cow I've ever seen, mm-hmm. or that's the scariest horse I've ever seen. And so all it would take is and this is obviously just me kind of wildly speculating, but all it would take is, like, one person seeing that and being like, I saw the craziest horse today, you guys. Yeah, well, um, and that, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because I've actually this is a conversation that I've had recently about something super wildly different, actually, which is wine tasting. Um, mm-hmm. And this sounds like a total departure, although I think that, like, unicorns and wine definitely have mm-hmm. an association at, in, on some level. Um, but basically, so, like, when you're doing wine tasting, if you are not somebody with a knowledge of wine, or if you are somebody with only the most... Um, casual and consumptive knowledge of wine, then that's me. you are on you are probably frequently impressed slash confused slash suspicious of people who like taste a wine. They're like, oh well, I'm getting, you know, florals on the nose with black cherry forward and like soft velvety plum tannins or whatever. Like that's probably something that to you is like, okay, like cool it, Janice. It tastes like wine. But what you're actually tasting is, like, various chemical compounds in the wine. And so two people, even who are, like, professional sommeliers, can taste the same wine and get different notes out of it. Somebody might be Mm -hmm. like, well, to me, this tastes like uh, tobacco and black cherry. And somebody else might say, oh, well, that's funny because I was getting more wood smoke and plum. It's like, Mm -hmm. those are the same flavor profiles. It's just that your brain pulls a different reference point for it because of your familiarity than somebody else does. So, like, in reality, what's happening is you're both saying, like, oh, well, I'm tasting the Britannomyces. But, like, that's not actually the word that you're going to use. You're not Mm -hmm. going to say, I'm tasting Esther 6-5-7. Like, it's not, that's not how it works. You're going to pull your frame of reference for it because that's how your brain is. And your brain, like, wants to contextualize things Mm -hmm. every possible moment. Um, And so that's just, like, a cool thing. People who, like, are not into wine culture very much assume that, like, they're bad at wine tasting because they're like, oh, well, I tasted something different. It's like, no, 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 no. You tasted the right thing. You just used different words for it. There's no wrong taste. It's just where your brain goes. Oh, I love that. That's actually really encouraging. Side note, I won't dive too deep into this because I'm not 
I would not classify myself as a biblical scholar in any way, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that unicorns are referenced in the Bible. That is something that yeah. I learned while I was researching this. I found an article um, called Truth by on a website called truthingenesis.com, which I wonder, I mean, obviously they're coming from a very particular point of view, but that did reference specific Bible verses wherein unicorns are referenced. So if you're interested in diving deeper into that, you can. I chose not to pursue that avenue because, again, that's not my area of expertise even a little bit, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that unicorns do appear in the Bible. So if you were wondering. Um, so I'm going to hop over to wired.com, which has a great, um, uh, this is a great primer on the history of the unicorn all across the world, uh, like mythologically speaking, mm-hmm. rather than cryptozoologically or scientifically speaking. And this is fantastically wrong. The weird kind of perverted history of the unicorn. And this is going to take me over in oh, a minute. Crack.com. Yep. Oh, no, Wired. This oh, is wired. wired, not Sorry. Cracked. Cracked is dead. Did you hear? I did hear. I forgot. I get those two confused all the time. Oh, no, I, I wasn't. That was not like a me, me chastising you and being like, Alex, did you forget? No, 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 no. About I, our I, fallen I did. comrade. Um, <laughs> but this has actually got some interesting stuff to say about uh, some about um, uh, have you I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Plenty the Elder. Well, I'm sorry. The mm, great who? Roman naturalist. Hoops? Plenty Hoops? the Elder. Plenty the Elder. Yeah, Plenty the Elder. He was never wrong about anything in medicine or science ever. But uh, Plenty the Elder wrote this encyclopedia, Natural History. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, which people read pretty much as exclusively factual for about 1,600 years. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yep. And uh, Plenty wrote about the unicorn. And he wrote, the unicorn is the fiercest animal, and it is said that it is impossible to capture one alive. <laughs> now, you're going to be interested in this portrayal of a unicorn. It has the body of a horse, the head of a stag, the feet of an elephant, the tail of a boar, and a single black horn three feet long in the middle of its forehead. Its cry is a deep bellow. That's amazing. So, I just... <laughs> I want you to, like, compare and contrast the Lisa Frank unicorn with this portrayal where... That does sound more like our Siberku. It does. I know. Exactly. Um, Particularly, like, the elephant feet and the really long horn. Mm -hmm. It actually really does And the stag head. I mean, that's that's another Mm -hmm. thing that got me is it's very much... Stag head, yeah. Um, But (laughs) I just love the idea of a unicorn, as I traditionally imagine it, opening its beautiful, like, uh, little face open and just like... (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um... Obviously, the unicorn... Do nothing to edit that sound in post. You're welcome. I won't. Except it's like um, throw more reverb on it. Now, the unicorn does show up in various places in the Bible. This mentions it as well. And that is according to some translations. In some translations, they refer to it as an oryx, which I don't know Mm -hmm. if you know. Yeah, they're kind of antelope. They're cute. Um, And they're actually... Those little guys uh, were unfortunately at one point poached, and their horns were sold as fake unicorn horns. Um, Yeah. Which is very Same with sad. narwhals. Mm-hmm. They were crushed and powdered and marketed, and it was a whole Makes scene. me really sad. Um, in the 7th century, the scholar Isidore of Seville chimed in and said that the unicorn is very strong and pierces anything it attacks. It fights with elephants and kills them by wounding them in the belly. Oh, man. Unicorns are sometimes jerks, guys. <laughs> I was not kidding. Um, now here we go. He helped popularize the myth that would serve as a hallmark in European folklore for centuries to come. Now, here's when I talk about unicorns being creeps. So catching a unicorn is impossible, unless you have access to a virgin woman. The unicorn is too strong to be caught by hunters. This is quoting from the source again, from um, Isidore of Seville. 
Except by trick, a trick. If a virgin girl is placed in front of a unicorn and she bears her breast to it, all of its fierceness will cease and it will lay its head on her bosom and thus quieted it is easily caught. This is insult propaganda. Yes, you know it that, is. Right? Guys, the way to stop ferocious creatures <laughs> is just is get to all... simply present them with a virgin woman. Get the virgin women out and get them to just open their blouse and then the unicorns will stop killing the villagers. Honestly, guys. it's easy. Why aren't they doing it to benefit everyone? Women are so selfish. You could be stopping these horrible unicorn murderers <laughs> if you would stop being so selfish. God. And just flash the unicorn. It's all we're asking, guys. Never mind that I'm standing next to the unicorn so I can get a good look, too. Ugh. Mythology was written by men. Okay, anyways, I'm just... Ugh, unicorns. Either, myth, either that myth is insult propaganda or possibly and unicorns are creeps. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're one and the same. Unicorns, nature's insults. Reddit was founded by unicorns. <laughs> Alex, please. You heard it here first, folks. Side note, um, if you... <laughs> you could either capture a unicorn at that point, or, according to the source, you could just run it through with a spear. Yikes. <laughs> Sorry, it's so dark. Um, so that's the European take. Uh, now... There's also a take uh, in, I've mentioned, uh, Asian cultures, and no, I'm about to get into that, but first there's just an account, apparently, in the 15th century, it has been recorded that a giraffe was brought to China for the first time and presented to the emperor as a kirin, which is sort of a, a similar creature to a unicorn, which was a gutsy move, considering its proclivities for letting royalty know they're going to die soon. That's Yikes. what the Kirin does in, in Oh no! <laughs> the emperor dismissed it as a fraud and went on to live another 10 years. Well, um, gutsy. Gutsy indeed. Um, so, and I mentioned before uh, that there was a story in India. Now, Pliny did a pretty good job of describing the rhino, and the Indian rhino is often credited for uh -huh. being the origin of unicorn stories. His popularization of the unicorn picked up more and more improbabilities as the centuries wore on. The unicorn is decidedly today a more magical, gentle creature, running around on rainbows and inspiring millions with regular appearances in My Little Pony. Last mention. <laughs> and the you made a promise. And the occasional acid trip, and in North Korea, apparently. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, but in a while back, there was a claim, uh, North Korea claimed in late 2012, that there was a lair of unicorns in uh, 600 feet from a temple in the capital city. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you heard it here first, folks. There's unicorns there. Well, you probably didn't hear it here first. This is no. from 2012. That was six years ago. Yeah. Um, just wanted you to know about the unicorn claims. Uh, but they do. They pop up all over the place. Obviously not all called the unicorns, but they pop up everywhere. I've got a little bit more about, the, about them popping up everywhere, and then I'll get into some sightings. Yeah, awesome. So I want to hop over to... Um, the American Museum of Natural History, and this is an article called Unicorns West and East. So this talks a little bit about the European unicorn, and then I wanted to hop over uh, from the Christian and the European perspective to uh, unicorns in some Asian stories. So, thousands of years ago, the sage Fuxi was sitting by a river when he was splashed with water. This is a Chinese um, okay. story. Raising his eyes, he saw the unicorn, which the Chinese call the Qilin, wading carefully through the river. The animal resembled a deer, but had shining scales like a dragon. A single horn grew from its forehead. Its back was covered with strange signs and magic symbols. As the Chilin walked away, he grabbed a stick and traced the symbols as best he could in the dirt. That's adapted from an ancient Chinese story. 
there were other accounts of it. It was described as a creature of great power and wisdom, benevolent, avoids fighting at all costs, and walks so softly it will not crush even a blade of grass. Oh. It's so sweet. Oh. See, that's the difference between this one and the European take oh, is they're my like, son. yeah, they're like, the European stories are like, it's violent. So that tells me, like, if they're both real, this is not the same creature. It just also has a horn. The same way that a moose. Well, we and a also deer. know how good the Europeans are about justifying things that they personally wanted to get rid of. You're not wrong. They're very good at just it's, historically. It's quite possible they were exactly the same creature. That's true. And they were just justifying. No, we had to kill all those unicorns. Yeah. Um, it was, like, super necessary, guys. Oh, fun. I had not read this part before. First of all, the description, like, the universal description of this particular this particular uh-huh. friend is a scaly coat or multicolored in blue, black, red, white, and yellow, a deer's body, and a flesh-covered horn. Sometimes two or even three horns. That's... Okay. Why not? Just go with it. And the tail of an ox. So, in Japan, the unicorn is called the Kirin and is the symbol and name of a popular beer. I didn't... Pay attention to this. My dad, um, my dad loves that beer. Oh, nice. Um, the word Kirin has also come to mean giraffe in modern Japanese, which is uh, possibly referring to that story I was talking about before, where they rolled mm-hmm. up and were like, right. ah, a unicorn for you. And they were like, hmm, I don't think so. It was a uh, giraffe. So that's basically uh, some other kind of appearances of the unicorn throughout uh, culture. Cool. And the Kirin pops up in other things in, um, in Japan. There's like a Kirin masks used in festivals and um, that sort of thing. It's I love the Chilin. It walks so softly it won't even crush a blade so of grass. Soft, so it's so soft. So perfect and pure. Loves solitude. Loves quiet. Just so good. Oh, and it cannot be captured. Its rare appearances are omens celebrating a just and wise ruler. Oh, very nice. Mm, It's a symbol. I just, it's sweet. It's sweet. Um, So I want to talk about some, I don't know why my voice got so uh, high pitched just then. So I want to talk about thinking about unicorns. (laughs) Well, so I want to talk about some sightings. (laughs) Do you guys want to hear about some unicorns? (laughs) Do you guys want to hear about some unicorn sightings? So first not a lengthy sighting. I just really needed you to hear about this. When I googled unicorn sightings, uh-huh. I found an entry, a review on TripAdvisor. Okay. Love for, that. For Birch Bay State Park. Amazing. From someone in May 22nd, on May 22nd, 2017, a user named Printing P who has written one review on TripAdvisor. Now, where was the state? Now, where is the state park? Um, it's in Washington. Okay. Um, Washington State? Yes. Birch Bay, Washington. So they wrote, I went there today and saw a unicorn. I can't believe it. Go and see. You won't believe it. They are very friendly. What? That's this person's only review on TripAdvisor. That is wild. That's it. They've never they've never written another review. That was written by a unicorn. <laughs> Go and see. They are very Go friendly. Go and see. They are very friendly. You will love them. You won't believe it. They're so beautiful. They're ripped as hell. Make sure you show them your boobs. Anyway, (laughs) I just needed you to hear that before I hopped over because it's wild. Yeah. This uh, was a blog entry on, and this is so interesting. This is on a a website Mm -hmm. called uh, Wick and Tallow, um, which is, by the way, a candle-making website. But I was going to guess, yeah. It's a candle-making company based in Scotland, but they have a section for, like, local news. Okay, And cool. this blog entry is just entitled, Unicorn Sighting in Scotland. 
A man who wishes to remain anonymous has spoken out about seeing a unicorn roaming the Highland area near to Wick in, I don't know how to pronounce this part of Scotland, C-A-I-T-H-N-E-S-S, Scotland. It is not the first time such claims have been made, although it is a first for northern Scotland and comes in the wake of a unicorn lair being proclaimed to exist within North Korea. Okay, interesting. Um, the man was out hiking near the castle of Old Wick when he spied what he described as a unicorn, saying it was basically a horse with a horn. I couldn't believe it. Um, he did not manage to get a photograph, but locals say that his sighting is the talk of the town. Indeed, it seems that it was all anyone was talking about when we visited the Crown Bar on Wicks High Street yesterday evening. It didn't stay in sight for long, and was last described as cantering off in the direction of Lockham Briggs to the south of town. It is expected this sighting will lure many to Wick to try and sight the magical creature of lore, with some saying that they hoped Wick would benefit from those wanting to come and try their hand at spotting the unicorn in a similar way that Loch Ness has become a haven for fanatics to try and spot the as yet unfound but much sought after Loch Ness monster. Jerry McLaughlin, the landlord of the Alexander Bain and Marketplace, has suggested setting up a unicorn safari to ride the wave of anticipated interest in the area. The man did have one piece of advice for those wanting to find the creature, which was that they shouldn't go looking for it. He believes it came to him precisely because he wasn't specifically searching for it, and that in that way it was able to trust him. Unicorn sightings are few and far between, and have in the past been confused with viewings of an extremely rare asala, an Asian animal that has two horns rather than one, and is more akin to an antelope. Recent unicorn sightings have been proclaimed in Canada and North Korea, although historically there have been many more throughout Asia and China and India, with the oldest recorded sighting by Adam in the Garden of Eden. So... That's the little entry. I just quite love that I do that think one. that that's particularly great, and obviously, I believe it. Of like, course. Obviously, I, could, I believe it. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. Um, I love Scottish Twitter, incidentally, so oh, yeah. much. It's my favorite part of Twitter. Understandable. Just, like, go spend some time on Scottish Twitter. It will change your life. But unrelated to that, I do find it a very, like, bold move to just be like, oh, okay, so hey, guys, Scotland here. Hi, it's me, Scotland. Um, we do have unicorns here. Wild crazy, like uh-huh. mad popular. You will not believe it. So many people are gonna be ever looking for our unicorns. And we do encourage that. Like we're we're totally mm-hmm. gonna capitalize that on in advance. But also, you can't go looking for it. You just have to be here in Scotland spending your money. <laughs> like it's a very aggressive tourist trap. It's very bold. Like they're like, there are unicorns, and like, wow, uh, yeah, like we we know so many of you guys are gonna be just pouring over here to see them. Like, so many people are gonna come look at these unicorns. We know this objectively. But also But also... But don't be surprised if you don't find one, but you should come. Unfortunately, this is one of those situations where a lot of the sightings are just kind of like people being like, there have been sightings. Yeah. And Um, not actually helping. Yeah. Um, But I did want to hop over very quickly. This is not... This is not a a sighting per se, but it is a website called unicornsrule.com. Love that. Which is a website of... Which is just... The header is the website of unicorn lovers. Undoubtedly peer-reviewed. Yeah, exactly. So I've got some really fun facts for you about unicorns according to unicornsrule.com. Yeah, tell me all about it. So first of all, did you know that unicorns can have purple eyes and that their horns were sold for 10 times their weight in gold back in the 1500s? And also it's the cousin of the most famous unicorn ever, and my unicorn has special magic powers (laughs) where she can read every other unicorn's mind. (laughs) And her eyes changed color depending on her mood. Right, but they're purple also is their main usual color. Violet. So um, here's some facts about unicorns. Unicorns live in groups of four or five that make up a joyous family. 
The head of the family is an elder unicorn who is hundreds of years old. Other family members include a couple and one or two young unicorns. Except my unicorn, because her family situation's really bad, and she's going through a goth phase because of it. Alex, <laughs> please don't bring your OC into this conversation. We're talking about unicorn facts. Please. Yeah, no, Thank I, you. that's fine. Just, I, I know it sounds like I'm laughing at this, and I am, because I do think it's, like, kind of whimsical and sweet and, like, strange. But I'm not making fun of this, and I want to make that very clear. I think it's very sweet, and I like this very much. I am a little bit making fun of it, but it's not because I don't love it. Okay, good. Unicorn families spend their lives alone, living in peace, deep in the forest. When two unicorn families meet, they express great joy and travel together for weeks before they part and go their separate ways. Now, the unicorn may eat grass and hay, but it really doesn't need to eat at all. It absorbs its energy from the sun, probably through the horn. Sorry? Um, they photosynthesize. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Unicorns photosynthesize. Unicorns can be any color, from jet black and brown to dazzling gold, brilliant red, or pure white. Usually that green because of all the chloroplasts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, so, uh, hot take, guys. Unicorns are actually plants. <laughs> They're very sophisticated plants. Mm-hmm. That horn, it's a thorn. It's a big, long thorn. So, anyone who touches a pure white unicorn will find happiness and joy for their entire life. But not the other colored unicorns? That seems a little racist. Mm, I don't like that. I don't love that. Not good. Unicorns are earthbound and do not have wings. If a unicorn and a pegasus mate, the babies may become flying unicorns. <laughs> don't get it twisted, okay, guys? Now, uh, this is interesting. You can get an official unicorn hunting license for free at, the la- at Lake Superior University. But why? Why would you hunt them? I don't know. They even say that they don't recommend hunting unicorns, but you can get a hunting license if you wanted one. You could get one. Huh. I do actually want to hop over really quickly before I wrap us up <laughs> to Mysterious Universe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about Mysterious Universe. And they have some sort of... They have some sort of sightings. I want to hop over here. Oh, sorry. I just was... I made myself giggle because as I was scrolling through the article, which had some of the stuff I've already covered, it talked about the Greek historian Herodotus writing about uh, what he called the horned ass of Africa, which I know what he meant. I know he meant a donkey with a horn, but it makes me laugh because I'm a child. So anyway, sporadic sightings of supposed unicorns have continued up to the modern day. In 1991, the renowned Austrian naturalist Antel Festetics, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, so sorry, sir. Um, allegedly saw a unicorn while filming a wildlife documentary in the Harz Mountains. He claimed in an interview with De Gonza Vok magazine that he had been out on horseback one evening when he saw something he would never forget. He said, Suddenly a unicorn came towards me at a gallop. There was a glow of light around the animal. My horse reared and almost threw me. Then just as quickly... It was gone. Whoa, ghost unicorn. Ghost unicorn. He would tell this account more than once, and he even said he had videotaped the creature, though it is unknown where this footage got off to, and it never made it into his documentary. If you want to get me more hype about any pre-existing cryptid, just put the word ghost in front of it. Like, unicorns? Cool, great, fine. Ghost unicorns? Hell yeah. Ghost unicorns, Alex. So, um... In 1968, a man named Robert Vavra claimed, My first face-to-face encounter with a unicorn took place in a Mexican jungle near Tamazunchale in the spring of 1968. The one photograph that I was able to snap is reproduced on this page. This picture, as the reader can see, is so blurry and nondescript that had I attempted to publish it at the time, I would have been considered as much a crank or hoaxer as those persons who occasionally submit to the press out-of-focus suspect. That's not a very helpful quote. But anyway, a video of a supposed unicorn was Mm -hmm. taken in 2010 in the wetlands of Don Valley near Toronto, Ontario, by a local bird watcher named Peter Hickey Jones. 
The video seems to show a white horse with a single horn emerge from the trees, gallop through a creek, and disappear into the woods again. It was then submitted to the Ontario Science Centre for Analysis. Um, when the video began making the rounds on the internet, it created quite a stir, and not surprisingly, many immediately claimed it to be a hoax, especially since the video conveniently coincides with a promotional push for an exhibit at the centre entitled Mythic Creatures, Dragons, Unicorns, and Mermaids. Well, wild. What cool timing on the unicorns part. Yeah, really nice of it. And then there's the sighting from uh, Scotland that I already covered. Nice. But those are a little bit more vague, uh, but those are some unicorn sightings. You never know. Was it just a horse that you sighted? Because a horse sighting is not that exciting. Don't get me wrong. I love horses, and I'm always excited to see them. I get hype when I see unexpected horses. I mean, yeah, everybody does. If you don't yell horses when you're passing horses in a car, are you even human? Like, who are you? But unless you're yelling ponies or horses, then you're acceptable. Fair. You have to verbally react to the horses. So, yeah, I got to live out my dreams a little bit and also stomp on my dreams a little bit while researching <laughs> unicorns. Um, and, oh, they also... I didn't find a source that corroborated this, so this is purely me speaking from memory, but when I was a kid and used to read all these books about, like, the stories behind mm -hmm. unicorns and stuff, I was told that they also liked to be sung to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a factual thing or if that's just, like, a YA thing. <laughs> yeah, but they like singing according to books that I read that are probably just fictional. Except for my unicorn who doesn't, because she's actually just really good at playing electric guitar. <laughs> Alex, what's your unicorn's name? I can't tell you, because she doesn't have a name. It used to be... <laughs> In lieu of a rating system, I really want to hear you tell you me really about want to hear unicorn, OC. unicorn OC's name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, she is very O because I'm making her up as we speak. Good. So she is more O than C at this point. <laughs> more original than character. Very uh, her good. name's Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Metallica the unicorn. Metallica the unicorn. What color is she? Well, she's jet black. <laughs> okay, and her eyes are purple? Yeah, they're purple. Except okay. when she's mad and then they like flash deeper purple. <laughs> oh, I see. What are her special powers? Um, well, she's super, super smart. And yeah. And she's really good at kissing. She's not like other girls? She's not like other girls. Okay. <laughs> and you said she reads minds. And she does read minds, yeah. Amazing. But no other unicorns can read her mind. Okay, because she's special. Because she's special. Yeah. They wouldn't a, understand even if they could. Is there a prophecy about her? <laughs> well, probably, but she hasn't found that yet. That's in the second book. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's a book. <laughs> I look very forward to reading your first novel. Thank now, you. Please, Alex, I would like you to tell me the title of the first novel. Oh, good lord. Um, <laughs> it's Metallica and the Secret of Dreams. <laughs> Perfect. Are you worried about getting sued by the band Metallica? No. <laughs> why not? I, that didn't even occur to me until just now. I don't know why you would say that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, it's a parody. It's fair use. What? I said parody, fair use. It's not a parody. I'm right, very I'm so serious about Metallica and the Secret of Dreams. No, but you're parodying the band Metallica. <laughs> no, I'm doing no okay, such right. thing. <laughs> I'm trying to help you, but I guess that's fine. You're right. I'm sorry. I'll just let you... Uh... It's fine. You're a normie. You wouldn't get it. Oh, uh, you're right. I am a normie and I wouldn't get it. In summary, unicorns may or may not have ever existed, except that they certainly definitely did if we're talking about our big, fuzzy, wildebeest-looking friends. Um, they may or may not have been magic, but at the very least, they were definitely... Uh, also poached for their magic horns. Unicorns were real. History has definitely photoshopped them. That's true. That's very, very true. Or has it? Mm. Or are there just a lot of different variants? Alex, you know how you will see, like, a chihuahua and, like, a rottweiler and be like, I can't believe those are the same animal. Yeah. What if that's... What if there's different breeds of unicorn? That's possible. What if there's, like, show unicorns? How many of them look like rottweilers? Oh, or actually, let me talk more... Let's get closer to home with the unicorn here. 
compare a Shetland pony to like the a Clydesdale. <laughs> Perfect, incredible, both my sons. <laughs> yeah, very fuzzy, soft boys, but like very different animals. Oh, yeah, totally. Very different looking animals, or like those uh, those horses that swim in the water in Misty of Chincoteague. Oh, yep. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And yep. They're all very different. Um, so I'm just saying maybe there's a lot more variations on unicorns than we first thought. All horse bodies are beautiful. Yeah, and except for the horses that are evil on the inside and obsessed with virginity. Well, even their bodies might be beautiful, their beautifuls but might, it doesn't have anything to do with their personality. Their beautifuls might be body, but their personalities are <laughs> ugly because they are they are obsessed with virginity, which is a social construct, and the unicorn needs to back up and learn to change his ways. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that, I think. I think that's it. Unicorns need to unlearn some toxic ideas. And we need to unlearn some of our preconceptions of unicorns. Nice button. Hey. So anyway, I think, are there any, are there any announcements, anything you'd like to talk no on? No particular announcements. If you are a Patreon donor, keep an eye on your feed. We will be um, lining up a rabbit movie night soon for donors of our $5 or more tier. Not exactly sure what that's going to be yet. It's my turn to pick the movie and I haven't decided. I was kind of leaning toward Annihilation because I personally want to watch Annihilation, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to watch Annihilation. But we'll see. It might be something like sillier than that. That's fair. But yeah, we'll keep you posted. And so, yeah, I mean, reminder, you can find us on Twitter at Crypt Keep Pod. You can find us on Facebook at The Cryptic Keeper. Or you can come hang out in our Facebook group, The Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group. It's got a uh, fun memes and cool teens. I always say that like it means something, but there are fun memes and often like cool animal stuff and just like fun discussion in general. And let's be clear, the teens in there are cool. Oh, there are, but it's not only cool not teens. Not to dismiss there's the coolness cool, of the teens. There's cool people of all age groups, pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. No matter how you feel about about dabbing, you'll find a place for yourself. But also dab it. You don't have to be a teen to dab. No. Okay, good. I'm glad we established that. I just, I, maybe you're a teen at heart. I don't know. Yeah. This, what, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. It's time to end the show. <laughs> so you can find us on Patreon under The Cryptic Keeper. You can also purchase stickers and t-shirts from our Etsy store, The Cryptid Shopper. We are on Etsy. And as always, our music is by Andrew Giada. Big thanks to him. And so, as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. <laughs>